It's time to get on the blunderbuss, where we go on a journey into leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, the blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On the blunderbuss, we think it's possible to learn more from your moments of failure than your moments of success, if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. We'll be hearing about some great boofhead moments where practitioners provide us with the pleasure of hearing about how they did all the dumb things and the leadership lessons they took out of it. As I drive around on the blunderbuss, I'm on the search for the leader who has done more dumb things than I have. Could today be the day where we have found them? Today, we've driven the blunderbuss all the way to Wentworth Falls, and I've invited onto the blunderbuss Jill McGilvray, Chair of Langham Australia, also Chair of Langham uh, Partnership International Council. Jill's worked in churches. She sold books. She worked for SU, for Fusion. She's been a bereavement counsellor. Many, many different roles. Jill, did you ever get anything wrong? Oh, Ed, I've got so many things wrong, probably in all of those contexts, yes. But the one that I have been really thinking about is in the context of pastoral care, being a pastoral care, uh, I guess, worker in a church, church. in a church setting. Yeah, if you're the kind of person like me uh, who's an extrovert and whose natural habitat is... um, is friendliness, mm-hmm. and I know that you know I, I'm I'm good with people. I love getting yep. to know people. I like um, getting alongside people when they're having a hard time. The mistake that you can easily make that I have made more than once is forgetting to draw the boundary. That means because if you don't, people can mistake your wanting to give them pastoral care for wanting to be their best friend forever. Okay, so some confusion of you think you're just being friendly and other people think, oh, Jill's just become my best friend? Yes, okay. yeah. Or no, even more than just being friendly, like really being um, really actually caring, yes. you know, really yeah. wanting to get sure. alongside someone in a yeah. hard time. Yeah. Um, but not that, that not necessarily meaning that you're going to want to be the I don't know, godmother of their children yeah, or okay. really be that now their best friend in a way that uh, it just never expected. I, I never expected that they would think mm-hmm. that that would be the case. So something about um, role confusion? Yes, yes. And something about boundaries too? Uh, yes. Yeah, and I think if you think of your job as my job is to love you. Yes. And it is. Yes. In a way, but actually... It's not quite as simple as that. Right. And I noticed it when people would say to me, oh, Jill, so when's your day off so that you and I can catch up for lunch? And I would think, hmm, if it was my day off, I actually uh-huh. wouldn't be catching up with you because this is my job and this is me doing my job. Yeah. Uh, and that can be really difficult. Similarly, actually, when I finished up a job, so after 10 years, it was time I resigned from that position. We didn't leave that church immediately, partly because my husband wasn't ready to do that. I realised why ministers leave churches when they stop doing the job as the minister. Yeah. Because it's really hard for people. Yes. There you are. And it's not that you stop love, loving them or you stop caring about what's happening with their child, their marriage, their yeah. life, their health, their whatever, but you're not now going to spend every waking moment with that particular population of people. Yes. 
it feels like you're breaking all of their hearts and it's not that you stop loving them but it is that there was a sense in which they were your job your role is your the way role. I like to think about your, it. your role. role has changed. That's right. Your role has changed. Yeah. That's right. And that I think uh, in our culture we're not often very, very good. I think Australians are very egalitarian and, you know, whatever. And I, I think we don't often understand some of the implications of having a role. I think that's right. And I think for, well, certainly for me, I didn't see it coming. Okay. So it shocked me. Jill, just going back slightly, you said that there was a moment or a series of moments when you know people started asking you, could they catch up with you on your day off? We kind of realised, oh, no. Uh-huh. We like to think about this as the buffhead moment where I think, oh, no, I have been a buffhead. I've actually made a mistake. Yes. That was your buffhead Absolutely. moment? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, several times. I, uh, I guess it was when it repeated. When yeah. it happens once, you yes. think, oh, gosh, yes. Oh, that was odd. But when you hear that again, you think, oh, okay. But it's tricky because you, what you don't want to do is pull back and stop caring. No. But, and, but what you do need to do is always remember that there is a boundary and mm. that there's, um, yeah, that you just have to at least remember that it's possible for this mm. to happen. That, that helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, the part of the work that I've done in the past was uh, with uh, with homeless people through Rough Edges and yes. that, that particular ministry. And one of the things as a as a staff team we really had to work through was uh, how do we relate to people? How do we set boundaries? Mm-hmm. And it's a very complex cohort of people to set boundaries with. And one of the phrases that we used that we found really helpful was our relationships are asymmetrical. Yes. Uh, there is not a symmetry. So if someone is my friend, I share my stuff, they share yeah. their stuff, we have coffee together, and it's kind of equal, right, coming both ways. In my role, I I don't necessarily expect people to be caring for me in the way that I'm caring for them. That's true, and I think I've always known that. But sometimes when somebody is in the midst of telling you their stuff, right. they don't notice no. that you're not telling them yours. Yes. And yes. so that's the, that's the thing. I think I always knew that. But I think that if they didn't know, but they didn't know <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so um, there were these moments when people are asking you to catch up with them on their their day off. Uh, how did you kind of change, turn it around? What was there a period of reflection? Or? Oh yes, yes, and and I also realised that I did need somebody else who would listen and help me, somebody wiser than I was. Okay. There are many people wiser than I am, <laughs> one of the many wiser people, and, and experienced people who, who had experienced something similar. Was this like supervision? Yes, like supervision. In some cases, what I did then seek was some formal supervision. Right. That was very important. As a bereavement counsellor, I, ex- I had formal supervision, but right. I realised that in my pastoral role I didn't. Ah. In fact, where that took me then was to some more study because I realised that doing some clinical pastoral education study involved individual supervision, mm. and that's really the reason I started to do it. Okay. And some very, very wise uh, supervision helped me a lot. And some for informal supervision, well, really effectively supervision with a couple of people who'd been in ministry for many years and right. they were people okay. I trusted that I yeah. could go to speak to as well. And people often describe <laughs> supervision as the creation of a reflective space, Yes, right? Yeah. And so um, 
and someone who will sometimes ask you some complicated, well, hard questions. Hard questions. What right. is really going on for you in this? Is there a payoff for you in the fact that they right. think you're wonderful? Right. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, yes. Yep. Like However, <laughs> that's right. So, but when people ask you those questions, you realise, ah, oh, yes, yeah. I think that this is all about you. That is an asymmetrical relationship. That's true, but. And I don't want this to be something that is, in fact, about me. No. So it was no. good, healthy supervision yeah. that helped me see and that. And at the other extreme, you don't want this to be just a job, right? No, you don't. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, a chat bot that, you know, you're just giving responses to, you know. It's exactly. Not that, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what, what did you, yeah, what would you say that you learnt out of your reflection on this particular issue? I learnt that if you're aware that this is a potential, it doesn't stop you then from showing care to someone. See, part of what I wanted to do at that moment was go, oh, my gosh, I've made a terrible mistake. I must never do this again. Right. I, I think I'll just go get a job where I just have to write things down and never be with people. And so the, the but that's silly. overreaction of pushing yes. people away, right? Yeah, that's no, right. That's and the... I don't want to do that. No. And the other thing is I think it's part of wanting to be in ministry long term and not be a sparkler but be a long-burning candle that means, nice. that, you know, yeah. so that you don't um, – Yes, yeah, so that you can keep going. Right. And so for me it was about becoming aware of, of this being a potential risk. So there's something in there about the care of your soul yes. and the care of yourself mm -hmm. in order to enable you to do this long-term, not short-term. And they're not necessarily going to be hard boundaries. I don't want to be the sort of person who never tells anybody. I remember being once involved at a church where sometime later we realised that somebody in the minister's family had had terrible, terrible medical issues that they had never, ever said to anybody in the church. And and I felt really sad that they hadn't felt free to be supported. Because at some point you become almost less than human, well, don't you, you? And it's a, a huge boundary between you right. and the people you're caring yeah. for. So I didn't want it to be that, but nor did I. I wanted to be very sure that this was not actually just feeding something in me. That yeah. it, effect, it really is about the other person. It's, and they're much freer to tell you what's going on if you do have those boundaries in place. Mm. It actually doesn't destroy it. it. It is part of what enhances that Enhancing, relationship. Yeah. It just strikes me, though, that this is very complex and very dynamic. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Have you ever repeated this mistake? I repeated it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. But I think I'm less, and the older I get, the less likely I am to do that. I yeah, think right. I'm more aware that, that it can happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there is your antennae mm -hmm. a little bit raised. Mm -hmm. So out of all this, Jill, how do you see failure now? Inevitable. Yeah, well, okay. I guess that's terrible because that sounds like I'm saying, like, don't try because it's going don't, to be Don't get out of bed. It's going to go badly. No, what I mean is we all make mistakes. Right. Everybody does. And of anybody course. you look at and think is shiny and never makes a mistake, you're absolutely wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Because they will have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it, but you also learn from the mistakes. That's yeah. what, That's the really good learning time if you're yeah. if you're wise enough and somehow humble enough yes to really look at it particularly if you are getting some wise support from somebody yes. experienced yes yeah but there is a and this comes up a number of times on the blunderbuss the the need for humility yes it's an in essential ingredient in the reflective process isn't Absolutely. it there's something about being humble 
about all of this. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. And if you lose that, you've lost something hugely important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you feel having reflected on these things and, um, and grown in some ways, uh, you have become a better leader? I think so, yeah. yes, yeah. And still able to be a good friend. Yes. But I think if sometimes if being caring leads you to, and feeling you've made a mistake in doing that, um, it's a familiar thought to me to want to withdraw and then I think that's like cutting off something very, very significant about me and yes. I, won't, won't, I won't do that. I don't want to do that. No. And I think over time I have learnt a bit more wisdom yeah. about how to do that. Good on you, Jill. Thanks for being on the blunderbuss. Thanks for being a long-burning candle. <laughs> we want to thank Jill McGilvray for sharing about some of her leadership mistakes and what she's learned. At the St. Michael's Institute, our promise to you is that we can help you do more dumb things because we can help you take more risks and learn from what you're doing. Go to our website at www.stmichaels.institute where we can teach you how to fail better. Thanks, Jill, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>